1: Good morning, and welcome to Service Equipment's first quarter 2021 results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. This call is being webcast, and a replay will be available on Service's website. You may access the accompanying presentation now by going to the investor page on Service's website at serviceequipment.com. Service will conduct a question-and-answer session for analysis, and institutional investors as a part of today's call. Instructions will be provided for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has difficulties hearing a call, please press star zero for operator assistance. I would now like to turn the call over to Services Chief Financial Officer,
0: Ms. Katie Bush. Please go ahead, Ms. Bush. Thank you, operator, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today to discuss the results of service equipment for the first quarter of 2021. On the call with me is Angela Cassis, Services President and Chief Executive Officer. Also joining us today is Scott Johnston, Services Chief Operating Officer, who will be available for the question and answer portion of the call. Before we continue, I would like to advise listeners that this presentation may contain forward-looking statements and information that is subject to certain risks, uncertainties, and assumptions. For a complete discussion of the factors, risks, and uncertainties, that may lead to actual results or events differing materially from those expected please refer to services most recent quarterly mdna which is available please note that during today's call we will discuss non-GAAP financial measures including results on an adjusted basis and key performance indicators we have included reconciliations of these non-GAAP financial measures to their most directly comparable GAAP financial measures in mdna Turning to slide three, I will walk through the components of the quarter over quarter change in adjusted income before tax. Overall, adjusted income before tax increased $2.7 million, which is comparing the two grey bars on the far left and the far right margins of the chart. This increase in profitability reflects our strategic focus on growing product support revenue as well as lower finance costs, which I will discuss in more detail. Improved profitability was delivered across all our segments, despite the continued impact of the pandemic on our transportation and industrial businesses, as well as on our service-related revenues in all our segments. Moving left to right, the last component of the quarter-over-quarter increase was a $1.8 million increase in product support gross profit. This was driven by 11% in parts revenue, partly offset by a decline in service and other revenues of 3%. Equipment revenue decreased 4% quarter-over-quarter, primarily the result of delayed deliveries from our manufacturers in the current year. However, equipment gross profit increased marginally quarter-over-quarter, in part due to a reduction in inventory impairments. General and administrative, or G&A expense, increased $200,000 or 1% in the quarter. This was driven by investments and strategic initiatives to grow part sales, and the addition of two new in our agriculture segment, which were added after the first quarter of 2020. Net finance costs decreased 1.4 million, or 41% for the quarter, as we benefited from reduced inventory levels, a reduction in long-term debt, as well as lower interest rates. The combination of these factors, resulted in the $2.7 million increase in adjusted income before tax in the quarter. Turning to slide four and the balance sheet. Total inventory decreased $70 million compared to the first quarter of 2020, reflecting a $49 million decrease in agriculture inventory and a $19 million decrease in transportation inventory. Our access to available capital, or our liquidity, increased 39% compared to the first quarter of 2020. At the end of the first quarter, we had $164 million of financing available, including $110 million undrawn under our syndicate credit and $38 million in cash. We are very pleased with this strong financial position. A quarterly dividend of 11 per share was declared to shareholders of record as at March 31st, 2021. Turning to slide five, our operations continue to generate strong cash flow across industry cycles. In the first quarter of 2021, we generated adjusted free cash flow of $7 million, an improvement of $3 million compared to the first quarter of 2020. Please refer to our MD&A for a more detailed discussion of this measure. I will now turn the call to Angela Akatsis, President and CEO of Service, for a discussion of our strategy advancements and our outlook. Angela?
2: Thank you, Katie, and welcome everyone. On today's call, I will be highlighting significant aspects of our first quarter performance relative to our strategic objectives. These are product support growth, absorption rates, and return on invested capital largely achieved through inventory turn improvement. I will also be providing an update on how we are navigating the current environment and discussing our outlook going forward. Starting with product support, revenue grew by 4.9 million from 74.4 million in Q1 of 2020 to 79.3 million in Q1 of 2021. As Katie mentioned, this was primarily attributable to growth in parts revenue. If we dive in a little deeper into the segment improvements, we delivered parts revenue growth in all three segments with 4.1 million or 18% growth in agriculture, 1.5 million or 6% growth in transportation, and 0.1 million or 1% growth in industrial. Despite the challenges of the pandemic, this revenue growth reflects focus on initiatives such as expanded product offerings, increased capabilities for online and on-the-road part sales, expansion of on-site inventory at our agriculture customer sites, and our new locations in Nipo and Saskatchewan, and Colac, Australia. Another area of product support growth has been in our industrial segment as the reluctance to make large capital expenditures has resulted in increased demand for rental equipment and improved outlook for the general economy has increased training programs. This growth has been partly offset by a decline in service revenue across all segments. Continues continue to limit discretionary spending on non-essential repairs and maintenance as well as performing some of this work in-house in order to limit potential exposure to COVID-19. Moving to the chart on the right, absorption improved substantially across all of our segments, quarter over quarter. This was driven by profitable growth of product support combined with sustainable cost management from a leaner organization, operational efficiencies, and variable expense management. Turning to our third strategic objective, which is driving return on invested capital, we achieved a trailing 12-month return on invested capital of 20.3% for Q1 2021, largely driven by improvement in profitability and the effective management of our largest asset inventory. We continue to deliver on our initiative to increase velocity of used equipment turns through the trade washout cycle that you saw. By Q4 in 2020, we had exceeded our long-term overall goal of 2.5 turns and in Q1 this year, we delivered 3.28 turns in agriculture, 2.99 turns in transportation and 2.84 turns in industrial. Now moving to the outlook, seeding season is underway for most farmers in our Canadian geography. Though moisture levels remain low average in some regions, seeding activity has progressed largely uninterrupted. Meanwhile, strong global demand and market prices for canola as well as other principal field crops are anticipated to help elevate farm net cash income in 2021, (laughs) surpassing the record levels set in 2020. While these improvements in Canadian agriculture fundamentals are expected to support farmer sentiment, An increase in US and Canadian new equipment orders, compounded by disruptions to supply chain channels, has resulted in delayed delivery and extended lead times for new equipment as demand outpaces supply. These delays in receiving equipment, and in turn delivering it to customers, could impact the timing of sales in the year. In addition, our ability to supply in-season new equipment demand may be limited by the availability of equipment from our manufacturers. Agriculture sectors in both Australia and New Zealand are positioned to perform well in 2021, supported by strong market fundamentals and positive weather conditions. However, sourcing product in a timely manner has also been a challenge in these regions. The pandemic has disrupted the networks through which equipment is transported to market, including ports, which are experiencing heavy congestion. Moving to slide nine, demand for equipment in our transportation segment is anticipated to rebound in 2021. Pacar, the owner of Peterbelt, recently upgraded its estimated 2021 Class 8 sales in North America to a range of 260,000 to 209,000 units, which is a 20 to 35% improvement over 2020 unit sales. While market demand for trucks is anticipated to heat up in 2021, a global shortage in semiconductors and other components has impeded production and extended delivery timelines. This has been exacerbated by distribution challenges caused by the pandemic, including a shortage of drivers and border restrictions. Extended factory delivery dates are expected to impact the availability and the timing of equipment in the year and we are now working with customers to place orders for 2022. Turning to our industrial segment, improvements in the resource sectors in Alberta and Saskatchewan have been positive for customer sentiment. With warmer weather conditions, settling in, construction season, and housing starts are expected to support rental and training activity. However, the pandemic continues to have an impact on our business with extended delivery times for equipment and a reduction in preventative maintenance work performed at customer sites. In what is typically our slowest quarter, I am proud of the team's execution on our strategic initiatives, growing our product support business in spite of the numerous challenges presented by the global pandemic. As we look forward, it is anticipated that the supply chain disruptions, and extended factory delivery dates mentioned earlier could continue into the second and third quarter of the year. We continue to work proactively and in partnership with our manufacturers to limit the impact this will have on our customers and our business. Operator, we are now ready for the question and answer portion of our call. Thank you.
1: We will now conduct a question and answer session for analysts and institutional investors. If you have a question, please press the star key followed by the one key on your touchdown phone. Please ensure that you lift the handset if you are using a speakerphone before pressing any, any keys. One moment, please, for the first question.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple.
1: Your first question comes from Sherilyn Radburn from TD Securities. Your line is open.
3: Thanks very much and good morning. Um, Angela, I wonder if you could speak about the supply chain constraints that you're facing. Is that just with respect to prime product or is part supply affected as well?
1: On the interruption. There's been a technical difficulty. We'll be resume in one moment. Thank you.
3: Sherilyn, can you please repl- state your question? Yes, thanks very much, and good morning. Um, Angela, just in terms of the supply chain constraints that you're facing, is that just with respect to prime product, or is parts supply affected as well?
2: Um, thanks, Cherylyn, for your question, and my apologies to everyone. Um, our phone system disconnected us, so we're on a cell phone right now. I hope you can hear us, um, Cherylyn. The supply chain, chain um, issues are really across the board. Um, we have been able to maneuver through the parts. So far quite well we did um, a lot of advanced stocking we are using our multiple locations locations to ensure that um, you know we move product as it's needed among our locations and we're also being very proactive to make sure that nothing gets replaced that still has a little bit of life left in it we're working very hard to make sure that we can repair as opposed to replace parts because there is a shortage. It just seems across the board. Um, And and Scott, did you want to add any additional color to that for Cheryl Lynn?
4: What the manufacturers are doing is um, obviously vendors are impacted by COVID uh, taking shutdowns, as well as there's disruptions in the actual logistics or transportation they are basically prioritizing the parts that come into the factories for the manufacturing of whole goods. And and thus, some equipment is actually being delivered to the dealers whereby uh, when the components become available, the dealer will install them and complete the actual whole good to 100% and uh, ready for customer delivery. So um, whole goods, number one, and then parts availability at the dealership Uh, level number two. And to Angela's point, absolutely. Um, We could see this coming and we took um, many proactive steps to make certain that uh, we could guarantee our uh, customers uptime uh, with their equipment.
3: Okay, very good. Um, Just maybe to stay with the prime product demand, is there another way to satisfy that, either by sourcing used or reconditioning equipment, or does this effectively extend the cycle into 2022?
2: Todd, do you want to take that one?
4: Yes, yeah, so <clears throat> you'll note that um, our turn at 2.99 times in transportation and 3.28 in uh, our use segment within agriculture is customers basically need that operational capacity. Uh, there's strong demand for you. For uh, used equipment uh, currently, and uh, we will see basically an ongoing trend uh, to basically up, upgrade fleets as equipment becomes available from the OEMs.
3: Okay, and could you talk about soil moisture conditions? I think you referenced good soil moisture in the MDNA, but um, I think I've seen some level of concern around dryness, particularly in southern Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So. Just curious how dependent the outlook is on rainfall through the growing season.
4: Well, we're we're fortunate in Saskatchewan whereby we are central and northern Saskatchewan, the Melford, Prince Albert, uh, Saskatoon region. Um, I would say that right now seeding is approximately 50% complete. Uh, It has been uninterrupted and and a very smooth seeding season. I can tell you that most farms are taking a bit of a hiatus for approximately a week because they're getting ahead of themselves. They would be finished far sooner. And, of course, we've had uh, temperatures in Saskatoon this past week of minus 11 uh, Celsius overnight. So part of the concern is early seeding and early emergence. There's a possibility of frost and uh, having to reseed some of those acres so right now everybody's basically ahead of uh where they normally would be at uh yes we do need rain but there is sufficient uh soil moisture to promote strong germination so um it's been good to this point and uh like always in the agricultural segment we're always looking for rain we'll take whatever we can get
5: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, and just just to add to that, you know, it's been a pretty good season. Moisture levels, you're right, Sherilyn, they're not ideal, um, but they are adequate, but we'll take more rain if we can get it.
3: Okay, very good. I'll get back in queue. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Nick Corcoran from Acumen Capital. Your line is open.
5: Morning and
1: Good morning
5: Nick. Uh the first question is just to do with egg. The new and used was down uh, year over year in Q one. Can you indicate how much of this was uh, price versus
2: volume? Um Sherry, sure, I'll maybe talk a little bit about the year over year comparison for Q one. It is difficult in our slowest quarter to try and um, suggest that it's a trend, but there's a big there's a lot of noise and there's a big timing difference because If you look at Q1 of last year, we were actually carrying forward all seasons of new equipment from from 2019 into Q1 of 2020, and it was available for sale. And so that combined with a weakening Canadian dollar caused our customers to um, really buy early in the season and pulled forward sales into Q1 2020. So we have the opposite happening in 2021, where the um, product wasn't available, but the demand was there. And so there was a certain amount that was pushed out into Q2. Generally, Nick, I would say there is about a $15 million difference year over year between what was um, pulled forward and what was pushed out. Um, to compare the, the year. So it's not um, price, it's largely volume.
5: Great, that's a good color. And then just looking forward, how much do you see uh, new equipment and ag being constrained by the uh, the supply chain issues?
2: Uh, that's really hard to say at this point, Nick. I mean, we, we see that there is constraint. I don't know that anybody has the crystal ball to say, how much it's going to be or how long the constraint is going to last. Um, so I do think that for the entire year of 2021, you're gonna see timing differences when you're trying to compare quarter over quarter um, between equipment, whether it's ag or whether it's trans- transportation, um, the timing of deliveries being pushed out and uh, you know, from even from not only just quarter over quarter, but also into 2022. So if we had a crystal ball, that'd be great, but just really can't tell this, that at this point in time.
5: And then the last question for me, what have you seen in terms of uh, OEM behavior with the, the type of product they're shipping? Are they shipping all their product equally or are they uh, prioritizing the, the higher price or higher margin products?
2: Yeah, I, I haven't really uh, heard that maybe um Scott has some color on that. I think they're trying to meet demand um, for in-season first. I mean, obviously, a lot of our equipment is seasonal, so they want to address what is de- what is needed in season first as a priority, but Scott, do you have any additional color on that?
4: Well, there's a couple of points. Um, customer demand uh, remains consistent and strong amongst all segments. I will say that both in the transportation and ag segment, there are certain models and uh, certain pieces of equipment that, quite frankly, today we are selling out to Q1 2022 uh, because of the strong demand and the order boards are being um,
5: are full at, at this point in time. Great. That's all for me. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Nick.
1: Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from Brian Fass from Raymond James. Your line is open.
5: Thanks. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Brian.
5: Um, just to follow up on Nick's question there, I guess I'm just looking for some color around how customers have reacted to the delays in the deliveries. Are you seeing uh, purchase decisions <laughs> deferred, or are customers willing to wait for the extended delivery times?
2: Well, I'll, I'll I'll make a comment and then maybe turn it over to Scott. Um, our customers, um, the majority of, of what we sell is pre-ordered or under early order programs. So the the demand that is created from the knowledge that there's shortages um, is is a current thing, and so so the orders that have been placed last year for for this season are there and manufacturers are trying their best to deliver on that. Um, Scott, did you have any additional color on that?
4: Well, as we know, at all times, there's macroeconomic um, things at play. Right now, the Canadian dollar is strengthening, which obviously reduces the cost of uh, whole goods equipment manufactured in the United States. Commodity pricing is through the roof relative to... Uh, wheat, canola, and many of the uh, crops that are in rotation in in Western Canada. Um, There's a lot of optimism, I think there's strong balance sheets, and customers uh, recognize the cost of uh, equipment, uh, the importance of uptime and operational reliability and uh, with all those things considered uh, we're not having a problem and we have a strong uh, early order program and orders out to q1 2022
5: okay thanks so uh leave it on the the supply constraint questions and, and turn my um i guess focus on product support i guess as you march towards your 50 50 targets how are you tackling the challenge of recruiting skilled labor
2: Oh, it's, it's our number one priority. So um, we have uh, obviously a number of initiatives in place uh, to make service one of the best places to work, but also be able to attract and retain um, service technicians in particular. Right now, because of the pandemic, um, the service has really uh, underperformed relative to parts. Uh, we've been able to attract and retain parts Technicians, um, but service technicians is where the shortage might come in, especially when the um, pandemic uh, is over, if we can say it will be over. And I think then at that point in time, there will be a huge demand for service technicians as other businesses pick up. So we are out recruiting and uh, putting programs in place um, to, to be able to retain those that we have. We also are recruiting internationally Um, to build our bench strength um, in Canada with service technicians. So that's also a great source of talent for us.
5: Okay, that's it for me. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Brian.
1: Your next question comes from Sherilyn Radboren from TD Securities. Your line is open.
3: Thank you. A few more from me, um, if I could. Just in terms of of the disconnect between part sales versus service revenue, which I think we also saw in 2020. What do you think customers are looking to see in the macro backdrop to reduce some of the insourcing of service that you mentioned?
2: Well, what we've seen through the pandemic, Sherilyn, is that there has been like, if we take um, agriculture, for example, there has been a lot more um, kids that have, stayed home on the farm as opposed to go out to work. They're helping to work. Um, The uh, customers are preferring to actually do service on farm themselves rather than have someone come on site um, and potentially risk their family or their workers with COVID or bring their equipment into the shop. And with respect to transportation, um, we've certainly seen a number of the trucks and fleets that have been parked. And if you don't have miles, you don't have service. So it's certainly something that I think almost all of the uh, dealerships have seen through this pandemic is parts are going up because things still need to be fixed, but they're being fixed on premise of customers as opposed to being brought into the shop. We certainly anticipate that that is going to reverse itself to a more normal relationship to part once COVID passes. Okay.
3: That's actually really interesting.
2: Um, Yeah, we um, found it interesting, too.
3: (laughs) Yeah. In in terms of the the M&A landscape, could you sort of speak to, you know, targets and and where valuations are at and and services appetite to engage in that?
2: Yeah, I think... um, with respect to M&A, I think there are opportunities that are out there. They're not always the best opportunities. Um, uh, companies do suffer during a downturn, and, and it becomes evidence where their their weaknesses are. We continually look at we're kicking tires um, and looking for um, things that are complementary to our existing footprint, and, and that's why, you know, we did – Some growth in Australia. We continue to look at some more growth in Australia. And again, when you think about the OEM specific growth, it's not always within our control. It's it's part of a a bigger master plan. So you know the willing seller, the willing buyer, and the most important part, the willing OEM. So I'm more focused on some potential acquisitions that would help build out our 50/50 and really bring strong product support to our portfolio, while at the same time leveraging the footprint and the customer base that we have. So things that are complementary to geographically where we are and the types of things that our customers will be interesting in engaging with us on. Um, Greenfield is still very interesting where we have gaps in service, which is why we went to Nippon. 1. Um, and started a location there, which has been absolutely excellent for us. Um, Vapormatics is is also an avenue for um, growth where, you know, we're providing all makes and models of tractor parts in New Zealand. So those are all things that are part of the mix. Um, I would say that I don't know that valuations have uh, maybe come in line with the performance that some companies have seen in the last couple of years. I think um, people are looking at the impacts of the pandemic and the, some of the macroeconomic factors as being uh, maybe anomalies and not indicative of what their businesses could, could uh, do. So in in some cases, I've seen valuations that are above what we would certainly want to pay. So balancing all those things, we absolutely want to continue on our path of growth. So.
3: So if I could summarize, it sounds like you have capacity, you have interest, but you're being quite selective. Is that fair?
2: That's a great way to put it. And thank you for shortening my commentary. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I'm not sure about this last question, but did just want to ask whether the material handling business benefits from strong retailer e-commerce activity at all, or not really, given its draw territory.
2: Um So far, no, but e-commerce is absolutely an area that we are focusing on building out. I can't say right now um, a timeline or exactly how that's going to manifest itself, but the place that e-commerce is good in material handling is on the training side. So with the pandemic, we have learned how to provide training as much as we can, that's not the hands-on stuff, um, electronically. And that has advanced our portfolio of uh, training opportunities. Um, But e-commerce is something that we're looking to build out in all of our divisions um, and and not just industrial, Sherilyn.
3: Okay. Thank you. That's all from me this morning.
2: Thanks, Sherilyn. Thank
1: you. Ms. Lacassas and Ms. Bush, there are no further questions at this time.
2: Well, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for joining us this morning. Um, Katie, Scott, and I look forward to speaking with you, again, following the release of our second quarter results.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we will now disconnect the conference call and webcast. Thank you for participating today.